I'm Kate Daniels. Self-care is really key in our lives in general. Now, at over a year and a half of this COVID reality, it's even more critical and really that much more critical for those who work in healthcare. To the rescue, two medical professionals who wrote the book, Thriving in Healthcare, a positive approach to reclaim balance and avoid burnout in your busy life. Dr. Gary Simmons, a neurosurgeon and also a professor of medicine, joins us for some key support messages. Dr. Gary Simons, good morning, and thank you for joining us once again to discuss something so critically important to each and every one of us about our state of well-being, and we're going to reflect on healthcare workers, but how we fit into all of that, and really recommend engaging in this book, getting your own copy of Thriving in Health Care, A Positive Approach to Reclaim Balance and Avoid Burnout in Your Busy Life. So while the book is a couple of years old, but it couldn't be even more relevant than it is now. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe a little too relevant right now. And uh, I think um, healthcare is always a challenging field, but um, these last couple of years have uh, reached all new highs, and at least in modern times. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're hoping to be able to help people through these times. Yes, uh, if we can't be helping, we're the alternative doesn't look so great. So, we're we're definitely. You're definitely all about helping, and certainly uh, the book Thriving in Healthcare. Thriving is such a a key word uh, that it goes beyond just, uh, you know, just be upbeat, but you want to thrive. Really, it, it just uh, our entire being needs to be engaged and, and to uh, help us to just be uh, enjoying life, even when times are tough, still to be able to enjoy it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the old saying: the best defense is a is a strong offense. Um, and uh, I think it's very dangerous for for us to surrender to the stressors of our days. Because uh, yes, we're in a pandemic, and yes, uh, there's been a resurgence of the pandemic. But it it doesn't stop there. I mean, the pandemic can be uh, completely um, taken care of. It can completely go away. And healthcare is still a uh, a profession of taking care of people whose lives are uh, completely completely disrupted. And uh, it can it can take a lot out of the out of the provider. And yet, it is a source of of infinite uplifts and. Uh, we want people to be able to to spend more time in the uplifts, to really um, soak in the uplifts, and and be fulfilled by their their uh, participation in the in the profession, rather than being kind of trampled down by it. And yet, I know that here in this area, where I think that. Um in Western Washington, we've been doing quite well in terms of, you know, getting people vaccinated and really trying to keep the COVID numbers down. And yet we've had one of our hospital emergency units close because they just didn't have the staffing. So I I have not heard exactly what 
occurred there, whether it was just attrition or or burnout or what happened. But I, I can appreciate that now, more a year and a half into it, that that desire to just be able to, to keep up with things really begins to tear away at people. Yeah, I I mean there there are so many there are so many moving parts to this uh, because of the pandemic. Um, it, it, I mean you you could write a whole new book about it, um, but uh, the there are there are several components that we really need to think about, and it, it and it's on all sides of the coin. So I think one of the things that we've we've seen is that hospital leadership may not have fully appreciated um, the, the links to uh, what their, their personnel have gone. And so it's become, pretty, it's become pretty ubiquitous for hospitals to put up little signs that say, you know, our workers are heroes, and, and, um, and that's nice, and that's good, and it is what they should be. But I, I still get the sense that a lot of in the trenches, workers are not feeling uh, the special appreciation that they need for the heroic efforts that they've put forth through the last couple of years. And, uh, and it would be nice to see leadership really get get into the celebration of what their workers are and what they're doing and, and uh, you know, show that appreciation in many ways. And and it doesn't also it doesn't only have to be uh, financial, but a little financial uh, um, incentive there w- would probably be very good. But I also think getting into the trenches, being uh, rubbing shoulders with the workers, uh, seeking out what what they need, what uh, their special needs are, the help, the assistance that they need uh, all needs to be part of the equation. And for the workers themselves, um, there's all sorts of uh, moving parts, just things as simple as childcare, which is not simple at all. But, you know, if you don't have it, then um, it, it becomes a, a hyper complex problem. But, you know, the, the workers may want to be there. The nursing staff may want to be there. And if there's no childcare available because of the pandemic, it, it's awfully hard to show up every day uh, for work. So there, there's just many pieces to the puzzle that has disrupted the workflow and the personnel flow. And, and uh, I think we all need to kind of look around and say to ourselves, how do we help each other out? How do we really show appreciation for what each other are doing? And certainly seeing the high number of deaths. Now, we know death and dying is part of life, and we can be philosophical about that. But I I think even in, quote, the best of times, having to deal with death in a situation, a a patient dying, really still has an impact on all of the caregivers around that individual, and now it's multiplied. So that is can't help but be another factor, right? Oh, I, I, absolutely. I, um, you know, it's unprecedented, really. I mean, you just have to look at the statistics, but uh, walk into a, uh, you know, many of these ICUs right now, and, and they are overflowing with 
with tragedies. And, and I think we, we are in a situation of expectation versus reality. I, I think everybody was breathing a sigh of relief. It looked like we were getting over the hump. People were getting vaccinated. The numbers were really dropping precipitously. And then all of a sudden, we seem to be thrown back into it. And it's becoming, a, a, you know, a, another acute problem and threatening to become a chronic problem. You know, in, in some ways, it's, it, it's somewhat akin to what we face in my specialty and my specialty of, of neurosurgery and brain surgery and that sort of thing. Uh, it is a, a specialty that's surrounded by death and, and just unspeakable tragedy. Uh, and and uh, so it, it, it's kind of what, um, what we're used to, but for a lot of health healthcare workers, this level of death, uh, this level of mayhem and tragedy in their lives just just isn't the normal uh, steady beat. And and so there's many adjustments that are having to be made. And I think there are different ways to to face this, um, many of which we, you know, we outline in the book. Uh, we wrote another book called The Thriving Physician, which is equally applicable to all healthcare providers. Um, but, you know, things like we encourage things like what we call realistic optimism. And that is, yeah, we're 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 kind of getting our butts kicked right now, but it's not going to always be this way. We will get through this. Things are going to go in the right direction. We we had a, a, a brief exposure to it for a while there and then things sunk again, but they'll they'll come back up again. But don't don't pretend that it's not hard. I mean, we have to accept this is nasty and hard and we're all going to take our lumps from it. At the same time, though, I think we have to really go ahead, as I talked about before, but celebrate our victories and celebrate each other, celebrate the heroes that are around us, celebrate what everybody's doing, how people are going above and beyond the call of duty, really celebrate the miracles. These vaccines are a miracle. It's it's just unthinkable that we could come up with a, a very effective vaccine uh, in a year's time and, and, and so effective that that it boggles the mind. I mean, we were looking for something that might be 50 percent effective in, in preventing serious illness. And, and the success rates of these vaccines are in the 90s. It's just hard to even conceive that we could be so uh, fortunate to you know live in a time when we can come up with things that fast. And then another one that I really think we have to focus on, uh, those who are on the front lines, those who are meeting with death and tragedy every day, I think um, it's really important to remember to tend to oneself. You can get you can get totally lost in the suffering and in the tragedy. And then you then you start feeling guilty if you're not. And what what. I like to say it's okay to escape this. It's okay to escape it completely. And that is, you know, you get home from a horrible day and you can't, it's not good to sit and and continue to suffer with your patients and their families and to continue to fret and worry about, you know, how horrible it is. It's important to literally get out of it, to to play, to to engage in hobbies, to love your your family and your friends, so that you you really get a true kind of psychic break uh, and separate yourself from all this. 
Absolutely. So that needs to be embraced and and taken to heart is to take those uh, very well needed breaks. The thing that that kind of really nags at, at me in in terms of all the success and seeing that you know we were seeming to to get a handle on it, the hus- hospitals were not being overly taxed. Now they are again. And seemingly by persons who have not been vaccinated. And I wonder if that isn't taking such a toll, you know, wanting, of course, as the medical professional to do all you can, but also just being so frustrated that this didn't have to happen. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, but in some ways, it's a little bit artificial in that, um, again, we, in many ways, we're, we're way ahead of the curve. We're, we're way beyond where we could be just because of how the miracles have turned out. And the fact that, you know, some, some of our, our fellow citizens haven't completely embraced the miracles yet or are skeptical or are hesitant um, is, I mean, it is the reality right now, but, but it is not the central problem. It's not the, it shouldn't be our central focus. It really shouldn't be um, a source of our anger. And, and I guess, again, I learned this in my career that tragedies happen all the time. I mean, we, we were constantly dealing with terrible brain tumors and aneurysms and car accidents and this sort of thing. And, and there's a human need to kind of find a reason why to, to say this is happening because of this. And, and I think this, you know, the non-vaccinated creates such an easy scapegoat for this. But, but the virus is the virus. It, it came, it has, you know, attacked our, our it has attacked humankind, no matter what people's behaviors have been. And, uh, and that's the central problem. We'll, we'll get around, we'll get to people figuring out what they need to do for their own and their own personal safety. And I think it's important that we spread the good word that, that these are safe, that they are effective. But the minute we tip over into anger and hostility, I don't think we're doing anybody any good. It's, it's not even really reality testing. And, and maybe we need to kind of even shift our focus and say, hey, we, we're so lucky here in the United States, but the rest of the world isn't, isn't facing this much luck. How do we help out everybody? How do we help out the rest of the world? Can we, you know, can we kind of become the arsenal of, of vaccination, as, as President Biden had mentioned, but we're a long way off from that. And, you know, so focus on what we can do and what, what good we can do rather than um, you know, stoke up uh, furnaces of anger and hostility. That's not going to serve anybody any good. Uh, absolutely. And that just demonstrates uh, how your integrity in terms of your belief, the way that you live it, and continuing to to really share that message. And and yes, perhaps rather than than looking to to the issues right here is the world is the the rest of the planet is crying for vaccines and maybe we do then just shift the focus and say here folks you know we're going to really make this a a, 
strong, concerted effort. Yeah, an effort of humankind. What you know? What can we do for our, our fellow people? It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Right. That then, in general, it, it I think in terms of tipping points. That if in terms of generally in, in on the planet we get to uh, that seventy or eighty percent uh, vaccination rate, then uh, then most people will be in a better place. Absolutely. Then you know it, it just becomes brush fires rather than this this raging conflagration. So as you said, we celebrate the uplifts. So focus on on the good stories. Look for and not being Pollyannish, of course, but just being realistic. In there's always the good. So let's focus on that. Yeah, I, absolutely. We talk about this a lot. That um, we we have another another focus of um, you know of maintaining. Uh, resilience and wellness in healthcare workers in general. And uh, one of our messages that we constantly put out is we can't make it easy. It, healthcare is never going to be easy. It's always going to have challenges. It's by its nature. So it, it, it's not like we can all of a sudden throw a bunch of switches and it just becomes a breeze. It will always be a challenge. It will always be hard work. There will always be sad things that you have to deal with, your own personal frustrations, your feelings of inadequacy because you're not helping. You're even worse when you make mistakes and and you harm people. All these things are always going to be there. Um, And so you, you, you have to be realistic about it to say, yes, I understand all this. And yet I can still, as we say, thrive in this by uh, by choosing certain approaches, you know, some of the approaches that we've talked about already. And, and as I said, particularly the idea that it's okay to look after yourself. I think one of the things that we, we get sucked into in healthcare is quick and easy guilt uh, because every day we have to leave the patient's side, right? We have to go home at some point. Um, and, and you can very quickly start to feel guilty because these people need you and they, you know, they, they become attached to you and, and, uh, and yet, you know, you, you go home. And, and so your, your, your days are always filled with some level of guilt where you're saying, geez, I could be doing more. I could be spending more time. I could be spending more effort. I could have thought more. I could have worked harder, all that sort of thing. And what we try to impart is that, that you cannot bury yourself in guilt for taking care of yourself. And the out that we try to give people is this, is that the better you take care of yourself, the higher functioning you are, in the end, the better you are for your patients. So that, you, you know, if you are getting home and you are forgetting the hospital and you are playing with your kids or you're connecting with your family or you're, you're engaging in your hobbies, you're actually making yourself a much stronger warrior uh, in the battle against disease and, 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 uh, and all that when you get back to work the next day. If you're burned out, if you're just completely uh, inundated by all the negatives, all the stressors, you start becoming inefficacious. You, you are not able to deliver what you normally would. 
and uh, you are then actually doing the opposite to what you were hoping to do, and that is to be the best you can be for your, your patients. So we say again that it is critical to take care of yourself and to seek the ability to thrive. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, that that you know what you do is you go to work and you just bury yourself in misery all day at work. We want you to thrive at work as as well as at home. So the the reality when you you know when you walk through a ward every day is that there are minor miracles going on everywhere. And the technology that we're in is just it boggles the mind and the selflessness and the acts of kindness that you see every day, room to room. And and frankly, the grace of the patients, the absolute unmitigated grace that we see in these horribly ill patients and their families, these are all opportunities to soak it in and say, man, am I engaged in an amazing uh, enterprise? Is my, you know, have I made the right choice of an occupation or what? Because, you know, who else gets to do this? Who else gets to interface with people in their darkest days and, and bring them care and solace and uh, comfort, uh, even in the worst of times? Right. And just, you know, as, as you were saying, how it, we have to leave that patient's bedside at, at some point in time, just remembering we are human. And in order to continue to bring all that good care to each individual is to take time away to keep ourselves uh, built up with uh, rest, with recreation, with nutrition. Yeah, I mean, an easy analogy is simply to say when the vaccines came out, you know, you go and get a vaccination. And what are you doing? You are you are protecting your own health so that you can continue to go and help others out. Uh, so uh, what we're saying is we're, you know, we, our, our work is more in, in vaccinating the uh, soul or the psyche, if you will. Uh, we wanna keep that soul and psyche strong because it is gonna face challenges. And right now it's facing some really dreadful challenges. Watching people die is a dreadful experience. And, and um, you know, I, it, it's the, part of the problem is that it's not a one-time deal. I mean, for, for many of the, the workers right now, for many of the providers, it's over and over and over and over again. And so uh, the, the, the defensive shields are getting battered pretty heavily. So it is okay to repair those shields and, and make them as strong as possible. And I can appreciate there might be a, a sense of guilt among the staff saying, oh, no, I can't take too much time off. I better not because that's going to just be a burden on my coworker, and that can get to be a vicious cycle. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, that uh, it is it, when you're in the thick of that stuff, it is very easy to to really um, shortchange yourself of of much needed escape, much needed time away, and and you know you. The, another reality of this is your your friends, your family become victims of this as well. If you're if you are taking yourself completely away from them, they're they're all uh, being drained of of your presence and and uh, your goodwill and good cheer as well. So 
uh, on multiple fronts, it, it's just unhealthy to let guilt be a driving force. Uh, we, we, we strongly advise people to drop the guilt. Don't let the mind chatter. So your mind will start, you know, start nagging at you through guilt. And, and our, our advice is to shut that off, to, to redirect your mind chatter to happier, uh, better things. And there's, you know, there's various strategies that you can employ to do this. For, for example, if, if, uh, you know, you've, you've got a long weekend coming up in next month. Uh, you know, start thinking about that long weekend and planning what what you're going to do with it, and envisioning how how uh, pleasant it's going to be to get a break. We've often said that you know a lot of healthcare workers they get they do will if they do take a break. Sometimes they'll then get overwhelmed when they go back to work with kind of a flood of, of sadness because they were experiencing the outside world for a while and, uh, and it was nice. And we say, well, the, you know, the minute you end a vacation, start thinking about your next one, start planning the next one um, so that you, you can continue to focus on, on some happy thoughts. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, all very important to kind of keep tending to the engine. You know, keep the engines running as well as possible, because ultimately, again, it's critical to the care of the patient. So if if you're throwing the guilt around at yourself, you know, the easiest argument is to say, wait a minute, what's best for the patient? Is it for me to be, you know, just dragged down and and uh, unable to put one foot in front of the other or to come in cheerful and excited and and uh, ready to meet the new day? Exactly. And I want to, as we too quickly draw toward the end of our conversation time, just to draw a comparison between while we're saying this is health care and it's so critically important here, but this kind of challenge is occurring in other fields as well. And people in all these other fields, I'm thinking in, in education, uh, in the legal fields, the police, uh, a- attorneys, people in libraries, coming in contact with a, a lot of this, um, apply this to ourselves, whatever our work is. And and so the book, Thriving in Healthcare, A Positive Approach to Reclaim Balance and Avoid Burnout in Your b- Busy Life, really has an application to all of us. Yeah, I, I mean, I would certainly uh, 100% agree. I think it is widely applicable, um, uh, and we would love to help everybody, maybe except for the lawyers. No, I'm <laughs> only joking about that. But, uh, um, no, uh, it, it, as a matter of fact, we, we, we've we written three books together, uh, Wayne Sotil and I, and the original one was for neurosurgeons, and people said to us, well, why don't you write a book? You know, there are more than neurosurgeons burning out out there. So the second book was thriving. It was the thriving physician. And then people said, well, there are more than physicians just burning out in healthcare. So we went to you know, thriving in healthcare. And then people literally said to us exactly what you said. Well, what about everybody else? And we said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. <laughs> we're we're running out of our expertise. At least we know something about healthcare, but. Uh, but no, I think you're right. I mean, I think all the general lessons are absolutely applicable to to everything. And I think, you know, some of the main ones 
for everybody continue to be uh, to be realistic about your challenges, but to be optimistic, um, to uh, to be able to uh, um, celebrate your victories, to you know to focus on the uplifts rather than always on the challenges, to um, attend to oneself. Uh, so that uh, and to do it without guilt, so that you get escapes from whatever your your morass is. Um, to debrief your stressors when you you know when you've really come up against a bunch is it's okay to talk about them and hash them out. Not necessarily to dwell in them, but to acknowledge that they're there and that they are stressful, and that that helps dissipate a lot. Uh, and to stay very much connected with your network of friends and family uh, so that uh, you don't just get caught in this vortex of whatever it is that's that's bringing you down. And you're right. Everybody's affected right now by this pandemic. Everybody's sucked into it. I certainly do appreciate all that you have been working on, bringing your expertise uh, into play so that more people have access to it. A book is certainly the great way to do it. And certainly for taking time with us once again, Dr. Simons, to really expound upon this, get us to think and and to give us some of what I feel are really encouraging words of wisdom. Well, I, I am very beholding to you to allow me to do it. it it's a wonderful experience. Well, many thanks, and let's look forward optimistically. Yeah, let's let's talk again next August 12th. <laughs> yes, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> many thanks. Many thanks to you. Best wishes.